following podcast has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. everyone to perched on the top rope it's me it's me i am your host former dirt sheet writer from sports kita and ringside news lee walker i am joined by perch correspondent justin Largito, and from perch gaming the adorable one alex todd justin and alex how are you guys doing today lee i'm great uh still on a wrestlemania high but uh here for another show I am also doing well. Uh, I told you I might I might be just a little little burnt out on the wrestling. Not in a bad way. Not that I don't care. I'm just a little exhausted. We're recuperating from WrestleMania weekend. It's like a it's like that that hangover, but the the one that you love, the one where you're like you know when you're in your college days and you're like, man, I just went out and I got so messed up, but I'm back for more. And that's how I feel about wrestling this week. <laughs> oh, dude, if you're on a wrestling hangover, I'm on a wrestling overdose. <laughs> Oof, that's no good so justin uh, still on a wrestlemania high you went to aw dynamite that's right i jumped ship <laughs> this week justin jumped ship and justin's gonna give us a little uh fill in on what happened at the taping of aew dark Take it away, Justin. Yeah, so last night, AEW was in Boston, Massachusetts at the Aganis Arena. Uh, I was in attendance. Uh, anyone who's been to one of these AEW shows know uh, they'll start out with taping Dark or Dark Elevation, depending on what they feel like taping that day. Uh, so literally, the first match was Layla Hirsch uh taking on a local talent i believe the name was christina marie if i heard justin roberts correctly i'm not sure if she's been on dark or anything before uh so this match is notable because layla hirsch about a minute in uh did suffer an injury uh honestly i didn't see the injury occur uh from what i was told uh layla hirsch attempted a moonsault and I guess maybe landed on her feet wrong. I don't think it was an issue with the knee. I think it was an issue with her feet. Uh, At first, I thought it was a work because, I I mean, it's Layla Hirsch playing a heel. They they actually did the same angle on uh, Dark Elevation, a taping I went to a few months ago uh, back at the New Jersey show, the first TBS Dynamite this year uh, with FTR. And I was just waiting, sitting there waiting for Layla Hirsch to get up Oh, fake the injury, lock the submission on, get the win, however you want to do it. Um, But then about 30 seconds after uh, the medic stormed the ring, uh, the bell rang. And I'm like, oh, this is this is Layla Hirsch. This is legit. Uh, So everyone kind of realized at that point. Uh, like I said, the match was about a minute in, so I wouldn't even be surprised if it doesn't air on Dark Elevation this week. 
I wouldn't be surprised if they just cut the whole segment out. Uh, and you could tell because Dark Elevation, it usually goes till about uh, 7.55, five minutes before Dynamite gets on the air. Uh, I think they ended about 7.48. So they definitely had a few minutes left over. Uh, but who knows? I haven't heard an update on Layla Hirsch yet today. So I don't know if she's good to go or if this was just uh, a fluke kind of thing and she'll be back in a few weeks if she needs surgery i i have no idea at the moment but uh not a great uh omen for the rest of the night uh it did make up without spoiling anything on rampage or anything on dark elevation uh it was a great show i'll, I'll say that well that injury is unfortunate too because i've watched a little bit of what layla hirsch has been doing in AEW, and she seems to be one of those stars that is really going to help carry the women's division in the future and Hopefully she comes back from this injury with a pretty speedy recovery. Yeah, absolutely. And fans, if you want to listen to the AEW Dynamite discussion, that episode is episode 82 on our podcast, which you can find anywhere from Apple, Google, Spotify, you name it. Perched on the top rope is there. So, guys, Justin Jump Ship's to AEW and uh I know you're jumping ship next week. I know you're going to impact. It's yep. <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, I'll I'll spoil it now, even though we're spoiler free is a way to be. April 14th, Justin and I will be interviewing the good brothers from Impact Wrestling. Nerds. No, no, no. It's more like nerds. <laughs> so fans, that'll be uh, out next week for you all to listen to as Justin and I go and do that. And I know Justin will be at the Rebellion pay-per-view in Poughkeepsie, New York. So we will be reporting on that as well. This is why I nicknamed him the correspondent, Al. That's fair. That's fair. The man is out there all over the place. He's, a, he, he's doing his thing and he's loving it. He's uh, he's like, you know, the content creators that like to get their content around everywhere. That's like Justin with professional wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> You're not, not wrong. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we talked about this on uh, the WrestleMania review and raw recap show. That was episode. 81 if you want to go listen to that normally the wwe raw after wrestlemania crowd is super hyped awesome cheers all night our correspondent justin was there <laughs> shocker <laughs> justin what was up with the crowd man come on I don't know, honestly. Uh, it seemed like we had a good start with the Cody segment and everything. And then I don't know if everyone was just tired of from two nights of WrestleMania. But you could tell people in the crowd were trying to get these chants going and get people along with it. Uh, but it definitely wasn't a feel of a Raw after WrestleMania crowd, I would say, overall. Like, you didn't get your wave, you didn't get your beach balls. Not saying I condone the beach balls, don't don't attack me, everyone, but, uh, uh, you know, none of that. Uh, one 
one uh, consistent champ throughout the night was uh, well, not really a champ, but people were humming uh, Pat McAfee's theme song from WrestleMania the night, night before, like, just like they were doing at the actual uh, WrestleMania Night Two show. Uh-huh. Uh, but other than that, uh, we tried getting uh, Chad Gable's "Shoosh" over, but uh, nobody wanted to play along with that one. Shoosh! Uh, thank Shoosh, you. <laughs> I was telling Lee the other night when we were watching WrestleMania, I was like, I don't know what it is, but the antics of Chad Gable lately, had just, it just pops me so hard. Between the shoosh and a thank you, I was literally, while we were watching WrestleMania, I kept looking over at Lee and just going, a thank you. And it's getting over, too. Yeah, yeah like I said, my section that night, we, we were trying, but no one wanted to play along with us. <laughs> well, I'll give my little two cents in this situation because i texted lee and said this monday too i think one of the biggest reasons that you didn't see as much energy in the crowd is because honestly with the exception of the cody segment the raw after wrestlemania kind of sucked yeah i think it was kind of a better than average raw is the best way to describe it uh at least when i walked out of the building that's kind of what i just said i'm like it's not usual raw week to week but it's like a step above it but it's not like Oh, it's rock. not in that yeah. Yeah. yeah it's not in that upper echelon of what people have come to expect on the raw after wrestlemania and i've kind of noticed that that's become more of a theme with the raw after wrestlemania's for the past couple of years it's yeah. it's been a little while since we had that anything can happen feel on the raw after mania i mean part of that can be you know attributed to the pandemic that we've been in in the past couple of years but also I don't know. There's just something missing. It's not it's not that crazy, unpredictable feel between what could happen and what the fans will do that there was a couple of years ago. Yeah, and they didn't give us that much this year either. Uh, I, we'll, we'll get into it in a minute, but uh, when it comes to like surprise returns and surprise debuts, there really wasn't much of any of it this past Monday. No call-ups or... Well... We did get one debut, but we were already told about it ahead of time after he had already broken Emma's longest re-debut in WWE history. Ladies and gentlemen, Veer is here. I feel bad for Dominic Mysterio in all of this. It's bad enough he had to take a squash match to the Miz. But uh then you get your ass kicked by Veer. This poor kid, man, you better hope his dad never retires. <laughs> <laughs> gotta agree there. I, I've gotta say personally nope. for me, this was one of the spots of the show that was actually a good bright spot. Uh, I liked the re-debut of Veer. I think it definitely presented him as much more of a threat than when he was one of Ginger Mahal's henchmen. I, I mean, you gotta you gotta throw this guy right into the wolves, and you gotta have him take two people that are beloved by the WWE universe, or one person in Rey Mysterio and one person that's partially loved by the WWE universe and Dominic, and you gotta have him absolutely destroy them. You gotta you gotta have him. Pick somebody that the fans know and just absolutely murder him. It's what they did with Umaga when they had him show up in his debut and destroy Ric Flair. So for me, this segment was a plus as far as Veer's debut. 
Yeah, uh, you know, I was saying, I'm, I'm sure I said it on the show as well, but I know I said it to you guys like personally. Uh, there has, with how long the Veer vignettes have been going on, I figured there had to be some kind of punchline at the end of it. Some kind of Brodus Clay debut-esque uh, return. Uh, but w- no, they just threw him right into the program with the Mysterios, which I thought was pretty surprising, actually. Um, you know, who knows where they go with Veer from here. Obviously, they've uh, announced him versus Rey Mysterio. This Monday on Raw, I'm sure Veer will more than likely get a big win uh, to get him started. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel. I don't know how invested the WWE is in pushing Veer and how far they will take it. Uh, I'm curious to see with the vignette treatment they've given him over the last few months. Which they, Let's be honest, they don't really do many vignettes for guys anymore like they used to. I got it. Uh, what they actually should do is as soon as the Mysterio program is done, you pull an AEW, throw him into a program with Cody. <laughs> new, new guy, new guy, Cody. Well, the good thing Ooh. is he doesn't have to go to AEW to do that now. <laughs> oh. Cody is back. <laughs> Yo, so in all serious, though, they made Veer look strong as as they should he's a big he's a big guy and clearly not not what they're doing with the other guy with jinder mahal yeah but i'm just like that no so it was a good spot having him work with someone like a veteran like the mysterio ray anyway as a veteran not not you dominic you're not there i don't know if you'll get there but good luck I'm not a fan. I'm sorry. Uh, Don't worry. (laughs) So, so uh, basically what I'm trying to say is, is that he's a big dude. You're starting him off big, but he's not the only big guy on raw. How do you make him different than the other big guys? Obviously the, the first main one I'm talking about is Omas. And we saw also on Monday, Omos has a new manager. MVP is now managing Omos, which I think is a good thing because trying to understand Omos is like being like Charlie Brown trying to listen to an adult. Wah, 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 wah. That's what I get. Thank you, Alex. That's what I get when I hear Omos speak. MVP calls down Lashley. Omos comes out. MVP attacks Lashley from behind. Now, we'd seen Lashley's kind of turn face. But with no MVP around. So MVP's feelings are hurt. And like a true heel... Betrays his friend. What do you guys think of MVP with Omos? I think it's genius. Uh, MVP with Bobby Lashley is perfect when they're paired up as a heel stable or as a heel wrestler with manager. 
I think with Bobby Lashley turning babyface, there's not really as much of a necessity for MVP, especially since Bobby Lashley's promo skills while being around MVP over the years have actually improved. So as a babyface, I really don't believe that there is necessarily a need for MVP as a manager. And in that case, you can take MVP, you can pair him with other superstars, and he can also elevate them. In my opinion, MVP has the same effect as a manager as like a young Paul Heyman almost. Not not exactly to the same extent, but I think there's potential there for him as a manager to become one of the all-time greats because he, he gives off that same Paul Heyman vibe to me. So I think this pairing with Omos is actually really good for Omos's career. It could help him. There's a lot of mic skills that MVP could help him with behind the scenes, um, helping him on emphasizing certain things, maybe you know trying to uh, raise his octave up a little higher while he's speaking to be understood. Um, I, I just feel like there's a lot of good that MVP could do with Omos. I also believe that in attacking Bobby Lashley, if he does have to go out for that surgery that we talked about, then this gives them the opportunity to have Lashley take some time off with the, the attack. Yeah. yeah uh, oh, I apologize, Lee. <laughs> to no, what you said, uh, in regards to Omos, Omos needing a mouthpiece, uh, I uh, I do agree uh, because you know, uh, but damn, and I went into it on the uh, wrestling and rundown with you, Ripley. Uh, I am very disappointed to see the uh, combination of MVP and Lashley come to an end because uh, for the last two years in the pandemic raws and the Thunderdome era, that has been if one of if not the best parts of Raw every week for me. Uh, I'm glad to see MVP has really revitalized his career, whether it be as a in-ring competitor or a manager. He's a great mouthpiece, and he has done. Look, Bobby Lashley owes that man a house for what he did to him. <laughs> but he took Bobby Lashley from the sister-loving, smacking his ass, almighty guy with Leo Rush, to the destroyer, the almighty, the dominant monster who. Won the WWE Champion twice in the same within 365 day span. Uh, but yeah, I, I do agree. Omos needs something because uh, ever since he split from AJ, it just feels like he's kind of directionless. Uh, and same thing, like I said with Veer. I don't know how invested they are in Omos. I don't know how far they are willing to go with a push for him. Uh, I don't know if he's. I don't see Omos challenging for a world title or anything. If I'm being honest. I don't know if you guys feel the same way in regards to that, but uh, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how far they're going to take it. See, I look at it like this: you have Omas, who is a monster. You have Veer, that you're building as a monster. Both heels, by the way. How do you keep them away from each other? How, like, I mean, I, I know through how you keep them away. You just keep them in separate stories and this and that. But, like, am I the only one out here being, like, when do they cross paths? Do they team together? Do they feud against each other? Does one beat one up so bad the other one goes to SmackDown? And then I also think, like, oh, yeah, Commander Aziz is a big dude, too. 
he's there on WWE Raw. And then I'm like, oh yeah, never mind. He and Apollo got squashed by Omos, so like he's lost all credibility in my eyes. But it still brings me back to Veer and Omos. You have two monsters, both heels. Like what? What did like did they not think this one through? Because there's no big monsters over on SmackDown. Right? Like yeah, you, you got anyone who's I'm... seven feet tall like these guys are? No. Well, shaky. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's like that's like Commander Aziz. So here's the way I see it. When they did the draft last year and both Omas and Veer got drafted to Raw, I think the, I think this might have been what their mindset was. We're going to draft Veer to Monday Night Raw because we want to keep him away from Jinder Mahal and Shanky if we're going to rebuild him because we don't want him anywhere near them to remind the audience that, you know, basically Veer and Shanky were getting beaten up by anybody that was feuding with Jinder Mahal. Whereas also at the same time on the card back then when the draft was going on, Omos was still teaming with AJ Styles and they were still on and off tag team champions. So they kind of both had to be on the same brand at that point. I could see now that they're both in singles runs that later this year, when the draft inevitably comes around again, that one of them does get drafted to SmackDown. Because if you remember back in the day when we had two huge monsters in the great Kali and Umaga, they tried to keep them for the most part on separate brands. Kali spent a general amount of time of his career on SmackDown, whereas Umaga spent time on Raw. And then at one point, they actually flipped them. Kali was on Raw when he was in more of his comedy character. And Umaga had gone over to SmackDown to feud with the likes of like CM Punk and whatnot shortly before his departure. So I could see that later this year when the draft comes around that they could maybe take one of those heavyweights, super heavyweights, if you will, and move them over to the SmackDown roster. As far as Commander Aziz is concerned, I almost feel like he's a non-factor at this point because they have booked him and Apollo Crews so poorly in their heel run together. I'm being honest. I'm surprised I didn't see a headline today. Commander Aziz and 14 others released, but uh, bouncing off that, um, yeah, with Veer and Omas on the same brand, uh, I definitely could see some kind of feud, mini feud or one-on-one match, possibly towards the end of uh, end of the fall, going into draft season, and then uh, they split them up. One goes to SmackDown, one stays on Raw. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely see them crossing paths at some point. All right. I was like, I can't be the only one that sees this. Like, I, how do you have these two guys on the same brand and them not interact with each other? There's going to, like, something has to happen. And I feel like it'll be like a, lo- a, a monster leaves raw match or something like that. Come like fucking October, just gimmick the hell out of it type deal. Well, and if one of them were to turn to the other side and become a baby face too, you can almost replay that Kane and Umaga loser leaves raw type match that they had back in the day too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, as long as I wasn't like, I, I, I was just like, I can't be the only one that sees this. Oh thing. no, you definitely weren't the only one that thought about it. All right. no, definitely not. Cause I know I'm not the only one who definitely doesn't see this bull crap with Ezekiel. All right. 
I can't, I know I'm not the only one on this. <laughs> so Justin was there and we're going to get his reaction. For us watching on, on TV, I see the name Ezekiel pop up during a Kevin Owens promo. And the first thing that pops in my head, <laughs> I don't know why. This is what you call domination. <laughs> I, yeah, I jump up and I'm like, holy crap, Ezekiel Jackson's here. That's honestly what I thought too when it first happened. I was like, yeah. I was like, I actually popped for a second because I was like, okay, maybe they're going to give this guy a second run. Like, and maybe he'll bring be able to bring over like uh, aspects of his big Rick character that he used in Lucha Underground. And and then and then what we saw was not Ezekiel Jackson. It was a big buff white guy with no beard but long hair. And he looked very, very similar to someone who used to say WWE stands for Walk with Elias. I said, what does WWE stand for? Walk with Elias. Yeah. So there's that. This guy looks just like Elias. He gets to the ring. You know, you, you hear Kevin Owens say, I hate liars. You're not Ezekiel. You're Elias. Like right there just blows his spot up with this change. Now, Justin, you were there when you first heard the music and saw the guy. Like, what were you in the audience thinking at that point? Yeah. So, when the name Ezekiel popped up on the screen, everyone kind of had the same idea you guys had. And I heard like four people behind me go, Ezekiel Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, when he walked out, I immediately knew it was Elias, actually, because I don't know if anyone else remembers this, that when they were releasing the 2K22 uh, in-game renders, it, the, the photo actually isn't in the game, but it's on 2K22's website. Uh, the render for Elias actually has the same gear Ezekiel was wearing the other night. So as soon as I saw the gear, I'm like, oh shit, that's Elias. And I'm like, Oh my God, he has no beard. Oh my God, his hair is shorter. Oh my God, this guy is fucked. <laughs> and like you said, Kevin Owens literally came out and said, you're Elias. And I was very surprised they did that because usually in a situation like this where somebody's been off TV for six, eight months and possibly longer with how long Elias has been gone since the last vignette they aired, they will not even acknowledge that previous character. Uh, but I guess in this case, it was so blatantly obvious looking at him and hearing his voice that they felt they had to acknowledge it. I even went back and I heard, I heard commentary, even before Kevin Owens say it, they're like, that's Elias. And I'm like, what are they going for here? Is it going to be like, did, you know, did Chris Park, the, one of the WWE producers go, Hey, when I was in TNA, we did this old storyline where I had a brother and I was the same person. And, you know, let's do that here. You know, it's kind of hard to do that because I don't think Elias can grow facial hair in a week. 
on a week-to-week basis like the beard he had. But, yeah, I don't know what they're going for with this. Uh, It could end up being he has a match with KO this Monday on Raw, and, you know, he's banished to main event hell, and I don't mean uh, the actual main event. I mean the show main event. but I don't know what I don't know what their goal is with this. I, I feel bad for the guy because of how massively over he was just a few years ago, challenging guys like Roman and Braun and uh, being in the IC title picture. I mean, he competed in uh, one of the elimination chambers for uh, number one contendership, I believe, for the Universal title at WrestleMania. It was probably the one going into WrestleMania 34, if I remember correctly. That that sounds right. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I feel bad for the guy. Oh, and it's funny too, because I remember, I want to say it was maybe sometime in like the fall last year, I had saw like a random rumor on a dirt sheet website. I'm not sure which one it was. And it had made comment about how one of the pitched ideas for Elias's return, he had only been gone for a couple months at this point, was possibly something that had to do with like a split personality disorder. And then I never read anything about it again. Didn't see it again anywhere. And now we see this whole entire idea with him playing his brother. And I'm just, I'm really hoping that we're not going to get like a dollar store reboot of when Kane had that split personality disorder a couple of years ago with his feud with Seth Rollins, when, when they were both like still in the authority and Kane was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not the demon Kane. I didn't attack you. I'm corporate Kane. I wear a suit. Um, I'm just really hoping that we're not going to get like a back and forth type thing with that because I will flip the channel so quick. It's not even funny. I just want to let you guys know the last time we saw Elias or Ezekiel Elias's younger brother, as he now refers to himself as. July 19th, 2001. He lost to Jackson Riker on Monday Night Raw in Dallas, Texas. So you're telling me from July of 2021 to April 22. This is the best you could come up with. Literally half a year to come up with something. And this was the best that WWE creative could come up with. Really? Really? I want to say I'm surprised, but I'm really not. Because as many times as WWE can put wonderful things on television, we've also seen times where they've literally fed us garbage. So I really can't be surprised at what they put on television anymore. I mean, and for all we know, we're going to, we're all three of us are going to sit here and we're going to talk smack about this new character. And then like, a month from now, they're going to do something great with it. And we're all going to be like, oh, man, this is awesome. But it's all about the presentation when you first introduce it to people. And this presentation was hot cow manure. 
the only thing that I can think that that what they're doing is is it's almost like satire on the fact that they've been changing wrestlers' names, like known names, and while not addressing others, they're addressing this one. Like you know, we even heard the Raw commentary team say it. The fans were saying it. Kevin Owens was in the ring with a microphone saying it. You're Elias. Like, we've never seen a name change be addressed to this extent. And all I can think of is that's what they're doing. They're almost in a way making fun of the fans themselves about how upset we get when you change the name of a wrestler. So this one being so blatant, the negative energy that we're going to give the Ezekiel Ezekiel character they're going to use that to feed the character to make it bigger I, I mean that's just my point of view on it i think you might be right i don't like it I, especially for the fact that we all know that it's elias it, it's clear as day but i think they're they're it, it's more of a rib on fans it very well that. could be, and it could be also one of those things where they're making it so well known that it's Elias, like you said, that that's going to be his whole character is, is just kind of like he's in on the joke. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's the only way I can see it in having that character work. However, what I will say, though, is I like his look. I like the new look. I feel like they could have kept the Elias name. They could have kept him, given them somewhat of a character with this look. But honestly, I like the clean shaven, slightly shorter hair. I like the new gear too, not putting him in straight blue jeans because it presents him more as an actual superstar. It, it makes him look like when he walked out, I looked at him and I was like, you know, honestly, with him wearing the shirt and jeans that he always did, I never realized how jacked this guy was. Like he, he's huge. So if, if they can maybe keep this look but kind of go with a different character it's it's not a complete failure they just got to tweak up what they're doing right now because as a first impression it was a it was a mess for me yeah uh for me it's possible we could all change our minds and our viewpoints on this change within the next week but uh you know like i said for a while Back in 2017, when Elias came up to the main roster, uh, a few months in, like I said, he was so over. He was like the most successful NXT call-up story. And think about that, because nobody cared about the Drifter in NXT. And all of a sudden, he's on Raw, and everyone loves him. It, it was insane. But, you know, I just, it's hard for me to have hope for JD and long-term storytelling and really getting behind somebody that's, not named Roman Reigns, not named Brock Lesnar, uh, not named, well, I'll say somebody from NXT just to throw him in, a Braun Breaker. Uh, it's yeah, Steiner, you get it right. Bronson <laughs> Steiner. There you go. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. Like I said, I this just seems like a case where I see this character just going to main event within the next month or two. Yeah, if like I said, if they 
they can do the character justice and it, it has to be just like i said it has to be like a known basically rib type deal otherwise i i don't see how it gets over like put a if you put him in a mask would fans have known it was elias no it's a distinctive face it's a distinctive voice it is what it is he's ezekiel now and we have to wait and see what happens next with ezekiel I'll tell you what's going to happen. You're going to see in about six months a tweet appear on Twitter that says, Eli is all elite. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we're going to move it from Raw and talk a little bit about SmackDown. Roman Reigns is scheduled to be on SmackDown. Now, he hasn't had to wrestle on SmackDown in a long time he doesn't wrestle on tv much anymore if you guys have noticed yeah he's going to be there in the in the preview it was to discuss his future now this this brought up two points to me one that injury injury we saw at wrestlemania they're finally going to address it with roman reigns If, you know, it's a a legit injury type, but we'd seen the photos of the big red spot around the tricep and you could hear on TV when we were watching WrestleMania, Roman Reigns screaming to Paul Heyman, my shoulder's out. Uh, Justin, you were there at WrestleMania. Like, were you able to visibly see like how his his uh, arm and shoulder were yeah so uh when i looked up at the screen at the top of at&t stadium uh it didn't it probably i don't think it came across uh as bad as it did on tv uh from what i could see i could see the little red spot uh where you could tell the injury could have occurred uh, obviously, we can't hear uh, Heyman and Roman and everyone going back and forth. Uh, we we just have the visual in the building. Uh, but it, it was it was weird Monday because uh, it was just very weird to end the end the show with uh, Roman coming out and just not a whole lot happening, especially for a Raw after Mania to end that way. Uh, I did hear after the show that. They swapped Cody and Reigns' segment. So Reigns was originally set to open and Cody was going to close the show. I assume that was swapped because Cody was wrestling in the uh, dark match that night. But uh, for what happens on SmackDown tomorrow, it's very up in the air. I don't, I haven't heard any update and I'm sure you guys haven't heard any update either on the Reigns situation. It sounds like it's just very quiet and very close to the vest. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, yeah, but I can also see uh, a Drew McIntyre coming out or setting up Reigns' next feud. Maybe because, like you said, Reigns doesn't really wrestle on TV that much, so maybe they could give him the next five, six weeks, rest up his arm, and maybe Drew wrestles the Usos here and there throughout uh, the next few weeks. Yeah, so here's here here was my my thought on it. If it's if if it's an injury type deal, 
uh, we had talked on the WrestleMania review and the raw recap that even like we had heard him say my shoulders out that were the redness and everything was, it was actually like already swelled up. Yeah. So like I, I had thought torn tricep because I, I'm pretty sure it was the same arm that Brock locked the Kimura in. Mm-hmm. And I, I, had, I said, Oh, like, even though he said his shoulder, I said, Oh shit. He tore his tricep. Don't know to be exact if you know what it is, but like, if it's a torn tricep, that's surgery. You're out six months to a year. If the shoulder came out and like he popped it back in, like Finn Balor did on a pay per view when he was the WWE Universal Champion, you remember he had to relinquish the title because he needed surgery. Having had a couple shoulder surgeries myself, I know that's six to eight months. I can attest to that, ladies and gentlemen. I had to wait on Lee hand and foot after one of his surgeries. Yep, because they tell you you need a babysitter because of all the drugs you're on. And I did. I got I got paid for it. It's all good. So yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway. no, you could definitely tell Lee that he was injured at the end of the show too, because after he won the match and he went to hold both of the titles up, he was he got one of them up. The other hand, he could not raise above his shoulder. Yeah. So it led me to believe that he is going to announce that he needs surgery and that he's going to relinquish the title. Now, if that's the case, Justin, how do you feel this affects like his storyline with everything that they've been building with him? Uh, so if Reigns does need surgery and he is, he is required to miss six months to a year of action, uh, I would not want to be in WWE's position right now because uh, I've said it multiple times. They built Reigns to the point where God mode isn't just a thing on a T-shirt right now. Uh, the man's unbeatable, and that's how they portrayed him for the last year and a half, almost two years we're going on now. Uh it, it, it it's just very terrible if Reigns goes out because he, honestly, to me, he's one of the best parts of WB TV right now. Uh, Cody may have surpassed that with uh, everything going on with him coming into the company now and everything. Uh, and, and, you know, I've been saying it for months also, like these got this company better hope Roman Reigns doesn't go down with an injury or goes back, uh, into having leukemia and getting treatment again because it's just going to be a bad time uh we saw with wrestlemania their attempt to build stars over the last few years i mean look who the headliners were at wrestlemania roman reigns brock lesnar stone cold steve austin your celebrity celebrity involvement uh johnny johnny knoxville uh logan paul of all people <laughs> I, i'll throw pat mcafee in uh, Vince McMahon wrestled a fucking impromptu match at WrestleMania this year. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's not a position I would want to be in if I were in this company. How about you, Alex? So I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna agree but disagree to an extent. 
So I, I totally get what you're saying with Roman Reigns being in God mode and obviously being the top of the top echelon in WWE. Nobody can really touch him right now. But what I will say is in pretty much just the past year, I would say since fans have been allowed back into shows, we've seen some character changes in some people. And I, I personally believe that if Roman goes down to injury, we do have some stars that have kind of built up in the background that nobody had been really paying attention to that could possibly take that torch and run with it. We've we've seen someone like Seth Rollins who has settled into this drip god character very, very well. You could easily give him the world title and let him run with that character and go absolutely crazy and, and possibly get him up to the god mode that Roman Reigns is at as well. Um, You've got someone like Drew McIntyre with where with the correct booking, fans can be behind him like that. It's been done before. If you give him the correct booking and you stop this Angela nonsense with the sword and you just go back to the booking that he had when he was going into his WrestleMania 36 match with Brock Lesnar, uh, you you can rekindle that magic, in my opinion, very, very quickly. You've got somebody like Edge who's trying out this new dark, demented character, which to me, is already lightning in a bottle. And I'm probably saying that because I'm biased and Edge is my favorite wrestler ever. But I think you could build a world title picture around him and whatever stable he's about to build very easily. Also gives Edge one last WWE title run, if not more, before he retires. So I think I think we have enough people that could kind of at least bide some time until Roman Reigns, if he does have to get surgery, comes back, and then you instantly just insert him back into the title picture. And with these superstars having had that time to be built up even more, I think those storylines are actually a little bit bigger when he comes back. So I don't I don't think all hope is lost, but I do think if... And not to mention, side note, that we also have the American Nightmare showing up too. Yep. Cody Rhodes is, no matter what people think, with this jump to WWE, that man's a main event star, and he's got star written all over him. Not Stardust, though. Just star. <laughs> so that, he's another one. You could you could honestly you can give him his first WWE title run or first Universal run or whatever. Who knows if these titles are going to stay unified? But, I doubt it. Uh, yeah, I do too. I, oh. I think I think we're in a situation where, um, compared to just a couple years ago, I don't think. It would be as frantic as we're maybe thinking if Roman went down with an injury. I, I think the company is in slightly better hands than, you know, a couple of years ago when we basically had Roman, Bray, and Braun, and that was it. Well, I don't think, you know, if it's something where he needs surgery, in my opinion, it doesn't hurt him at all. Because he still hasn't been pinned or submitted since 2019. They said, uh, you know... Um, it's just an unfortunate, it would just be an unfortunate thing that happened as far as the titles. I, I think that they would end up probably going back to one on raw other on SmackDown and just do tournaments. Best way to do it. Raw superstars with the WWE championship SmackDown with the universal championship. Now, the one thing that we don't know is, is Cody what brand is he going to be assigned to? We don't know. We've seen him on Raw. And we know he's going to be on SmackDown. And that brought up point number two for me. 
if it's something where Roman Reigns says, I have nobody to challenge me, blah, blah, blah. Does Cody Rhodes come out? Is this what we were waiting for on SmackDown? Because on Raw, with the image of his father from 1977 with the, with the championship, he basically said, this is the one title that's eluded my family. This is why I'm here. That's a very good point, Lee, because so say we live in a world where Roman Reigns is not facing the Rock at WrestleMania next year, which we don't know if he is or if he isn't. But I feel like people now, when they fantasy book Roman, they no matter what, they include him facing the Rock next year, which isn't even confirmed. But say we're living in a world where that's not happening next year, and we don't know how Roman's losing the title yet, this could be a perfect build to SummerSlam. Cody has basically the perfect underdog babyface story in the fact that he left a company that, and while they might not mention this, he left a company where he was not going to be able to win a world title to come back to a company that his father wrestled for and win the world title finally and have this beautiful Cinderella story of wrestling. There's not many times where you can capture that lightning very easily. We saw it with Daniel Bryan. We saw it with Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit. You don't get that moment that often. So in my opinion, I think this could be a perfect build to SummerSlam to where Roman finally could lose the title to somebody like Cody Rhodes. Definitely. The only thing I know about this situation is May 6th on Long Island, WWE had local advertisements of Roman versus Drew McIntyre. So maybe that's who he feuds with first if it's not an injury thing at Backlash WrestleMania. But who's not to say that Cody doesn't come out and said that, says, this is what I want. And Drew comes out and says, well, this is what I want. We're going to have to wait and see. But Cody Rhodes will be on SmackDown also. And you guys want to know when the last time he was on SmackDown was? Give me the deets. Let's hear it. It was April 26th, 2016. Episode of Thursday Night Smackdown. Ooh. He was Stardust, which we all know he didn't like. <laughs> so April 26, 2016, Apollo Crews defeated Stardust. That's the last time we saw Mr. Cody Rhodes on SmackDown. And tomorrow, we get to see him back. I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see what happens there. Like I said, when it came to Roman Reigns, those were the two things that played in my, my head. We do have one more person that's expected back to SmackDown. She's been gone for a little while. She had a dirty little secret with Ric Flair. It got her out of a match with Charlotte Flair on Monday Night Raw. Lacey Evans is expected back to WWE. Al, we had talked about needing some of these women back that were part of WWE. Bally had been brought up. It had been brought up, you know, through Fightful Select that they nixed the idea for Bailey to do her talk show on WrestleMania. 
Another name we had talked about was Asuka returning. I'm not going to lie. I kind of forgot about Lacey Evans. Yeah, me too. And I think I think part of the reason I kind of forgot about her was more or less because she has been gone so long. Honestly, when Becky Lynch was gone, I did have a similar feeling at certain points because when these women go out on maternity leave, they don't just take the amount of time off that they are pregnant or with child. They like to typically take a couple months afterwards as well. They like to take that time to get back in shape, spend some early time with their child, their loved ones. So typically they're gone for a little bit longer than someone with an injury per se. So it's, it's very easy to have forgotten about Lacey Evans in that role, but I will personally say I'm excited to have her back. I'm actually a huge Lacey Evans fan. I think she both can generate a decent amount of heat as a heel, but also in the short few spouts that she has shown babyface fire, she has also shown that she's able to get a crowd behind her as well. It's just getting the right story, the right promo, and basically the stars aligning for her, which if they all can, I think the sky's the limit for her. So I'm excited to see her back. Yeah, so uh, Lacey Evans is one of those women right now who just hasn't really been talked about in the time that she's been gone. Uh, I remember when she first went out on maternity leave and announced she was pregnant. It was like one of the worst possible times you could think of career-wise because I think six days from the announcement, she was supposed to face Asuka for the Raw Women's title at Elimination Chamber. And at least I believe, and I don't know if it's come out since then, I fully believe she was going to win that match and win the Raw Women's title. And they were going to do her and Charlotte at WrestleMania last year. Uh, obviously, Charlotte ended up getting COVID weeks before WrestleMania, so she wasn't even cleared to compete at that show anyway. But, uh, you know, Lacey Evans, in, in her time on the main roster, she's done very well for herself. Her first program was with Becky Lynch coming out of WrestleMania a few years ago. She is been in and out of the Raw and SmackDown Women's title picture uh, quite a bit, just in her short time on the main roster. And, you know, like I said about Elias earlier, when Lacey Evans was in NXT, not to say nobody cared about her, but she wasn't in that challenging for the women's title level at takeovers like a Bianca Belair, a Shayna Baszler, a Kyrie Sane, and Io Shirai was around that time. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm excited to see Lacey Evans come back and I'm curious to see where they go. Uh, do they kind of spark up the things with her and Charlotte Flair again, even if it's just for a one match thing, uh, do they completely go in a different direction with her? Who knows? Uh, but I'm curious. Let's not forget that Charlotte is on SmackDown and that is who her last feud was with before going out to have her child. Just saying, I'm, I'm highly expecting that Charlotte Flair is going to come out and do some promo. And then you're going to hear Lacey Evans music hit. And she's just going to be like, you nasty. That's well, what I'm a expecting. It's entirely possible, too. She can basically show up anywhere because 
let us not forget that when the draft happened last year, Lacey Evans being already gone one undrafted, she's a free agent. She can show up on whatever show hypothetically she wants. She could be on SmackDown this week and then also appear on Monday Night Raw next week. And if we want to, you know, spice things up a little bit too, you can have her come back and you can have both brands almost do a bidding war for her services. We've seen that in the past with past brand splits where superstars come back that are free agents and you almost have the brands fighting over them. Yeah, and uh, well, we know she's going to be on SmackDown tomorrow. We'll so see where it goes. I'm excited. I am too. Them, you nasties. You nasty. You nasty. <laughs> okay, fans, we're going to get into a rather touchy subject now. We are not going to play any sort of blame game, nor are we going to give any sort of opinion on right or wrong we are simply going to comment about the tweets and this of course i'm referring to kimberly she had made some tweets calling out her husband nash carter He had 24 hours to respond, or she was going to release details on an assault that had happened from a busted open lip. She deleted those tweets. Uh, fans came at her. And then it was found that this Monday, she posted two photos, one with what looked like a black eye and a swollen lip, and the other one was seemingly the same, just a, uh, just a different angle. Uh, she claimed that Nash Carter is the one who had done it. Now, when she had deleted the tweets, it was prior to NXT Stand and Deliver on Saturday. To which she had even received tweets from fans saying, oh, you must be mad that he won. And she had tweeted, no, supportive wife. There was another tweet that she had tweeted out that they were working things out and in counseling. Again, then Monday she posted uh, the photos tag WWE, NXT, and them. Now, WWE protocol is for superstars themselves not to respond to allegations. WWE themselves do not respond uh, to the allegations either that are made online. So in case you're wondering if Nash Carter has responded, no, he has not responded to any of it. And then it gets a little interesting because Wes Lee, Nash Carter's tag team partner in NXT, his wife had been tweeting back at Kimberly over the whole ordeal and revealed that basically those photos and stuff were released because Kimberly received divorce papers from Nash that day. 
She also claims that Nash had been living with her in West for a few months now and that everything Kimberly is saying is false and this and that. Kimberly denied knowing Wesley's wife and Wesley literally tweeted a photo of them, her next to Kimberly at Kimberly's wedding. Now there's a lot of going back and forth and now it's seemingly just getting worse and worse for all parties involved. As we saw, Nash Carter was released by WWE. Now it's not been 100% known yet, at least I don't think, WWE didn't release him for the allegations made by Kimberly. He'd been apparently released over the photo that she had posted of him on Snapchat with his hand up in the air, hailing Hitler with a Hitler-like mustache on his face. Again, we are not going to comment There's no taking sides. We're just simply talking about the tweets. There's is a very hard thing with your career and, and everything. And now Nash has, has been released. Wow. I really like, wow, there's a lot there and a lot going on right there. Uh, someone also said in a tweet, a fan had commented, if they haven't, if he's been living with her since October, why were they together at Disney in December? And then Kimberly literally posted a photo of Nash and her in like Christmas light sweaters, you know, those ugly sweaters, basically, ugly Christmas sweaters at Disney in December. I personally always say there's three sides to a story. Her side, his side, the truth. Regardless, of if it's true or not careers are ruined you're labeled it's a very hard thing to come back from stuff like this the allegations again we're not there's no sides to be picked i feel bad for everybody all around to be honest with you I agree because this is a rough situation for everybody involved in a sense that you also have companies that are being affected now that employ or did employ these people. Um, as you said, we're not taking sides. Nash has been released. That affects WWE's tag team title picture. 
Impact will most likely, in my opinion, not put Kimber on TV at the moment, as it's possible that they will be labeled as a company that is trying to take advantage of an unfortunate situation, if they do, for their own self-worth. These two people are obviously going through a really bad situation as well, it one in which I hope all parties involved do seek and receive the help that they need. Um, as you said, three sides, hers, his, and the truth. And whatever the truth is, hopefully will actually be found out. Um, the Whatever wrongs that have happened will be righted in whatever way that the universe seems fit. And I just hope that everybody involved in this situation can find help, find peace, and move forward. Yeah. Uh, so I'm honestly surprised WB even put the NXT tag titles back on MSK over the weekend just because all of this kind of started bubbling up within the last week. Uh, and as Lee was saying, it doesn't seem like they were willing to take any kind of action until the photo of Nash Carter having his mustache taped down to an Adolf Hitler-esque mustache doing a Nazi salute uh, kind of surfaced online. Uh, I don't know if we'll ever know the truth in this situation. Uh, just seems like right now, obviously, like Lee said, Nash Carter hasn't said anything. Uh, he has been released. I'm sure even if he wanted to say anything for the next 30 days, because he is an NXT, so it's a 30-day non-compete, he still can't say anything for the next few weeks, or if he even wants to comment on, on any of this. Uh, but yeah, I think for a while, it's just going to be a lot of he said, she said. We don't know the, these two personally. We don't know what's going on. Uh, it's, it's very shitty. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, very, very touchy subject. And, you know, we had just come off of the uh, speaking out movement was it a year and a half ago? Yeah. Almost two years now? Close to it? Where we saw a lot of people affected by that. And now I, I know this isn't the speaking out movement and everything, but this seeing everything unfold, like you said, Justin. At the time of stand and deliver, WWE had to have seen the tweets or at least known about them because she was tagging them in them. I really think that WWE would have done their own investigation like they've done in the past. But once that one photo got out, that was it. Like one, yeah, because they, at that point there is no 
defending any sort of behavior. I said to, this to you, Lee, before we went on the air, that jokes are not aside. It's it's 2022. That kind of thing is not acceptable anymore, even as a joke. Um, it's it's not acceptable, and that is the one thing where I will say that joking or not, Nash Carter was 100% in the wrong. That should have never been a thing, and WWE's hands were tied in that situation. I, I can't blame them for what they did. If I did the same thing, if I trimmed my mustache up like that, I took a picture and it got to my employers, Justin, I'm sure if you did the same thing, we'd both be fired. Oh, absolutely. Their hands were tied. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's something that should have just never happened, to be honest with you. And that's why like reports are coming out that it wasn't the allegations. It was this. It was that photo that led to him being released which again is it's still a crappy like this whole situation is crappy for everyone involved and especially if you're wesley yeah absolutely you know and like Alex had brought up, what does WWE do? What does NXT do with this? How do you address this tag team situation now? How, like, do you have someone replace Nash Carter and Wesley still holds them? Do you do a tournament? I want to know how they get around this without touching on it because there's, there, they're going to find a way to do it. Yeah. I mean, I also, knowing WWE, wouldn't be surprised if they just didn't even mention it. Just mentioned on NXT that the tag team titles are vacated. They don't say by who, and then they just say that there's a tournament. That's a very WWE thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when Enzo had allegations of sexual assault against him a few years ago. Uh, he was the Cruiserweight champion at the time he was released. And I do remember that night on 205 Live. Uh, this was when Daniel Bryan was still the GM on SmackDown. Uh, he did come on. He did acknowledge Enzo Amore was the Cruiserweight champion, but he could no longer fulfill his obligations as the Cruiserweight champion. And that was kind of their way of explaining Enzo's not going to be around anymore. The title is vacant, and we're going to go from here. Uh, I said before we came on the air, I could see a situation where on NXT Tuesday, they uh, write Nash Carter off and write him off off screen. Uh, so maybe you get uh, – because the, the NXT tag titles are set to be defended this Tuesday. Uh, last I saw on social media, it was supposed to be MSK versus Grayson Waller and Sung, I believe his name is. Um, so I could see a situation where they do well, uh, Wesley versus those two for the tag titles, and maybe they do the title switch there. Uh, but they could be another Enzo Amore situation where they just say, Hey, uh, titles are vacant, we'll uh, do a tournament or do some kind of multi team match, and we'll take it from here. Which is also unfortunate, too, because if we're being honest. NXT's tag team title scene really isn't as strong as it used to be. You've got basically Imperium, 
You've got the Creed brothers. And those are really it for the top teams. I mean, you can you can send like the grizzled young vets over from NXT UK. Um, I can't remember that other team that held the tag team titles, the, the handsome ones. You know what I'm talking about? Ken? Oh, pretty deadly. Yeah, they actually did you on NXT this week. I saw. Okay. Well, good to know. So I mean, it's it's entirely possible that they could be thrown into the mix as well. We're not we're not living in 2015, 2016 anymore, where the NXT tag team title scene was absolutely stacked because a lot of those teams have either left for other companies or they are on the main roster now. Well, and we also brought up in the beginning of the show, you might see Emporium be called to the main roster, so they would lose another tag team to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see where NXT goes from here. I think this is the most interest NXT is 2.0 has actually had since its uh, <laughs> inception, sadly. And it's 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 not the greatest reason why, but I have a feeling we're going to see some more people tuning in. At least the, the, the internet wrestling community, I think, is going to tune in to NXT 2.0 more this coming week than normal to see what the ramifications of this release are going to be. Yeah, 100%. Totally agree. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I know you're dying to hear where you can find us on social media. Ladies and gentlemen, you can find this podcast anywhere and everywhere podcasts are found. We are perched on the top rope. You can find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, Podbean, Podbay, Red Circle, and anywhere podcasts are found. Do you like the interviews that you listen to here on Perched on the Top Rope? Well, you can watch the interviews themselves on our YouTube page, youtube.com, Perched on the Top Rope. Like that interview we told you about, with the good brothers that's going to be in a video also so make sure you go to youtube.com like subscribe and comment on everything on that page we appreciate it we also appreciate you the fans who have gotten this podcast on chartable in multiple countries america australia ireland germany indonesia we've also been in great britain and Canada. And of course, I can't forget about Ireland. I got that red hair. I'm rocking it. Thank you. Thank you for all your support. Thank you for downloading each episode that you guys download. Without you, we wouldn't be here. Back to our regularly scheduled programming. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash perched on the top rope, where we usually post a lot of the breaking news that you hear on the show. Go check us out on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter at Perch Top Rope. You can also find us on Instagram with hilarious wrestling memes and more at Perched on the Top Rope Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, now it gets time to promote TikTok. Where ooh, we... ooh, pick me. Pick me. I got this one. <laughs> Take Ladies it away. and gentlemen, if you would like to visit our TikTok page, perched on the top rope we have all sorts of fun videos for example there's a video of the taskmaster kevin sullivan getting humped by a dog my personal favorite 
I beat you to it this weekly. I beat you to it. <laughs> Suck on that. Sure. I thought for sure you were going to crack. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Perch on the Top Rope. Remember, spoiler freeze, the way to be. We're out.